Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. Uh, we hope you're all safe and uh, we dedicate this reading to the devotees in Ukraine, um, hoping that they're safe. Srimad Bhagavatam Mahima Stotram from, from Krishna Lila Stava by Srila Sanata Goswami glorifies the Srimad Bhagavatam. These are Sanata Goswami's obeisances to the Srimad Bhagavatam. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipiyusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kalidvan Dodhitaditya Sri Krishna Parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshak Sridayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who is supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madhika Bando Matsangin Madguro man mahadana, manistadaka mad bhagya, mad anandana mastute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadhu sadhu tadayin, atini chochatakara. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice <coughs> with pure love. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vasudhi Gaur Bhaktavinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we've reached the seventh 
chapter of the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, scheduled incarnations with specific functions. And Lord Brahma is enlightening, continuing to enlighten his son, his mind-born son, Narada Muni. Beginning with text 6. To exhibit his personal way of austerity and penance, he appeared in twin forms as Narayana and Nara in the womb of Murti, the wife of Dharma and the daughter of Daksha. Celestial beauties, the companions of Cupid, went to try to break his vows, but they were unsuccessful, for they saw that many beauties like them were emanating from him, the personality of Godhead. Purport <clears throat> The Lord, being the source of everything that be, is the origin of all austerities and penances also. Great vows of austerity are undertaken by sages to achieve success in self-realization. Human life is meant for such tapasya, with the great vow of celibacy or brahmacharya. In the rigid life of tapasya, there is no place for association with women. And because human life is meant for tapasya, for self-realization, factual human civilization as conceived by the system of sanat sanatana dharma, or the school of four castes and four orders of life, prescribes rigid disassoci disassociation from woman in three stages of life. In the order of gradual cultural development, one's life may be divided into four divisions, celibacy, household life, retirement, and renunciation. During the first stage of life, up to 25 years of age, a man may be trained as a brahmachari under the guidance of a bona fide spiritual master just to understand that woman is the real binding force in material existence. If one wants to get freedom from the material bondage of conditional life, he must get free from the attraction for the form of woman. Woman, or the fair sex, is the enchanting principle for the living entities, and the male form, especially in the human being, is meant for self-realization. The whole world is moving under the spell of womanly attraction, and as soon as a man becomes united with a woman, he, is at one, he at once becomes a victim of material bondage under a tight knot. The desires of lording it over the material world under the intoxication of a false sense of lordship specifically begin just after the man's unification with a woman. The desires for acquiring a house, possessing land, having children, and becoming prominent in society the affection for community and the place of birth and the hankering for wealth, which are all like phantasmagorias or illusory dreams, encumber a human being, and he is thus impeded 
in his progress towards self-realization, the real aim of life. A brahmachari, or a boy from the age of 25 or five years, I'll read that again. A brahmachari, or a boy from the age of five years, especially from the higher castes, namely from the scholarly parents, the brahmanas, administrative parents, chatriyas, or mercantile, or productive parents, vaishas, is trained until 25 years of age under the care of a bona fide guru or teacher, and under strict obs observance of discipline, he comes to understand the values of life, along with taking specific training for a livelihood. The brahmacharya is then allowed to go home to and enter household life, householder life, and get married to a suitable woman. But there are many brahmacharis who do not go ho home to become householders, but continue the life of Naishtika brahmacharis without any connection with a woman. This should be changed. They accept the order of sannyas, or the renounced order of life, knowing well that combination with a woman is an unnecessary burden that checks self-realization. Since sex desire is very strong at a certain stage of life, the guru may allow the brahmachari to marry. This license is given to the brahmachari who is unable to continue the way of naishtika brahmacharya and such discriminations are possible for the bona fide guru. A program of so-called family planning is needed. A householder, associates, a householder who associates with a woman under scriptural restrictions after a thorough training in brahmacharya cannot be a householder like cats and dogs. Such a householder, after 50 years of age, would retire from the association of women as a vanaprastha to be trained to live alone without the association of a woman. When the practice is complete, the same retired householder becomes a sannyasi, strictly separate from women, even from his married wife. From his study of the whole scheme of disassociation from women, it appears that a woman is a stumbling block for self-realization, and the Lord appeared as Narayana to teach the principle of womanly disassociation with a vow in life. The demigods, being envious of the austere life of the rigid brahmacharis, would try to cause them to break their vows by dispatching soldiers of Cupid. <laughs> but, in, but in the case of the Lord, it became an unsuccessful attempt when the celestial beauties saw that the Lord can produce innumerable such beauties by His mystic internal potency and that there was consequently no need to be attracted by others externally. There is a common proverb that a confectioner is never attracted by sweetmeats. The confectioner who was always manufacturing sweetmeats has very little desire to eat them. Similarly, the Lord, by His pleasure potencies, can produce innumerable, innumerable spiritual beauties 
and not be the least attracted by the false beauties of material creation. One who does not know one who does not know alleges foolishly that Lord Krishna enjoyed women in his Rasalila in Vrindavan or with his sixteen thousand married wives at Dwarka. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text seven. Great stalwarts like Lord Shiva can, by their wrathful glances, overcome lust and vanquish him. Yet they cannot be free from the overwhelming effects of their own wrath. Such wrath can never be can never enter into the heart of him, the Lord, who is above all this. So how can lust take shelter in his mind? Purport. When Lord Shiva was engaged in severely austere meditation, Cupid, the demigod of lust, threw his arrow of sex desire. Lord Shiva, thus being angry at him, glanced at Cupid in great wrath, and at once the body of Cupid was annihilated. Although Lord Shiva was so powerful, he was unable to get free from the effects of such wrath. But in the behavior of Lord Vishnu, there is no incident of, of such wrath at any time. On the contrary, Brighumuni tested the tolerance of your Lord by purposefully kicking his chest. But instead of being angry at Brighumuni, the Lord begged his pardon, saying that Brighumuni's foot, foot might have been badly hurt because the Lord's chest is too hard. The Lord has the sign of Brighumuni's foot, Brighupada, as the mark of tolerance. The Lord, therefore, is never affected by any kind of wrath. So how can there be any place for lust, which is less strong than wrath? When lust or desire is not fulfilled, there is the appearance of wrath. But in the absence of wrath, how can there be any place for lust? The Lord is known as Aptakama, or one who can fulfill his desires by himself. He does not require anyone's help to satisfy his desires. The Lord is unlimited, and therefore his desires are also unlimited. All living entities but the Lord are limited in every respect. How then can the limited satisfy the desires of the unlimited? The conclusion is that the Absolute Personality of Godhead has neither lust nor anger, and even if there is sometimes a show of lust and anger by the Absolute, it should be considered an Absolute Benediction. Text 8 Being insulted by sharp words spoken by the co-wife of the king, even in his presence, Prince Dhruva, although only a boy, took to severe penances in the forest. And the Lord, being satisfied by his prayer, awarded him the Dhruva planet, which is worshipped by great sages 
both up upward and downward. Purport. When he was only five years old, Prince Dhruva, a great devotee and the son of Maharaj Uttanapad, was sitting on the lap of his father. His stepmother, his stepmother did not like the king's patting his, his, her stepson, so she dragged him out, saying that he could not claim to sit on the lap of the king because he was not born out of her womb. The little boy felt insulted by this act of his stepmother, nor did his father make any protest, for he was too attached to a second wife. <clears throat> After this incident, Prince Dhruva went to his own mother and complained. His real mother also could not take any step against this insulting behavior, and so she wept. The boy inquired from his mother how he could sit on the royal throne of his father, and the poor queen replied that only the Lord could help him. The boy inquired where the Lord could be seen, and the queen replied that it is said that the Lord is sometimes seen by great sages in the dense forest. The child prince decided to go into the forest to perform severe penances in order to achieve his objective. Prince Dhruva performed a stringent type of penance under the instruction of his spiritual master, Sri Narada Muni, who was specifically deputed for this purpose by the Personality of Godhead. Prince Dhruva was initiated by Narada into chanting the hymn composed of twelve syllables, namely, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. And Lord Vasudev incarnated himself as Prishni Garba, the Personality of Godhead with four hands, and awarded the Prince a specific planet above the seven stars. Prince Dhruva, after achieving success in his undertakings, saw the Lord face to face and was satisfied that all his needs were fulfilled. The planet awarded to Prince Dhruva Maharaj is a fixed Vaikuntha planet installed in the material atmosphere by the will of the Supreme Lord Vasudev. This planet, although within the material world, will not be annihilated at the time of devastation, but will remain fixed in its place. And because it is a Vaikuntha planet, never to be annihilated, it is worshipped even by the denizens of the seven stars situated below the Dhruva planet, as well as by the planets which are even above the Dhruva planet. Maharshi Mrigu's planet is situated above the Dhruva planet. Hmm. So the Lord incarnated himself as Prishni Garba just to satisfy a pure devotee of the Lord. And Prince Dhruva achieved this perfection simply by chanting the hymn mentioned above after being initiated by another pure devotee, Narada. A serious personality can thus achieve the highest perfection of meeting the Lord and attain his objective simply by being guided by a pure devotee who automatically approaches 
by dint of one's serious determination to meet the Lord by all means. The description of Prince Dhruva's activities can be read in detail in the fourth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Text 9 Maharaj Vena went astray from the path of righteousness and the Brahmanas chastised him by the thunderbolt curse. By this King Vena would by this King Vena was burnt with his own with his own good deeds and opulence and was en route to hell. The Lord by his causeless mercy descended as his son by the name of Pritu, delivered the condemned King Vena from hell, and exploited the earth by drawing all kinds of crops as produce. Purport According to the system of Varnashram Dharma, the pious and learned Brahmanas were the natural guardians of society. The Brahmanas, by the learned labor of love, would instruct the administrator kings how to rule the country in complete righteousness, and thus the process would go on as a perfect welfare state. The kings or the Chatriyas or the Chatriya administrators would always consult a council of learned Brahmanas. They were never autocratic monarchs. Scriptures like the Manu Sangita and other authorized books of the great sages were guiding principles for ruling the subjects. And there was no need for less intelligent persons to manufacture a code of law in the name of democracy. The less intelligent mass of people have very little knowledge of their own welfare and as a child has very little knowledge of its future well-being. The experienced father guides the innocent child towards the path of progress and the childlike mass of people need similar guidance. The standard welfare codes are already there in the Manu Sangita and other Vedic literatures. The learned, the learned Brahmanas would advise the king in terms of those standard books of knowledge and with reference to the particular situation of time and place. Such Brahmanas were not paid servants of the king and therefore they had the strength to dictate to the king on the principles of the scriptures. The system continued up to the time of Maharaj Chandragupta and the Brahmana Chanakya was his unpaid prime minister. Maharaj Vena did not adhere to the principle of ruling and he disobeyed the learned Brahmanas. The broad-minded Brahmanas were not self-interested but looked to the interest of complete welfare for all the subjects. They wanted to chastise King Vena for his misconduct and so prayed to the Almighty Lord as well as, the, as cursed the king. Long life, obedience, good reputation, righteousness, prospects of being promoted to higher planets, and the blessings of great personalities are all vanquished simply by disobedience to a great soul. 
one should strictly follow, one should strictly try to follow in the footsteps of great souls. Maharaj Vena became a king, undoubtedly due to his past deeds of righteousness, but because he willfully neglected the great souls, he was punished by the loss of all the above-mentioned acquisitions. In the Vamana Purana, the history of Maharaj Vena and his degra degradation is fully described. When, Pritu, when Maharaj Prithu heard about the hellish condition of his father, Vena, who was suffering from leprosy in the family of Amlecha, <clears throat> he at once brought the former king to Kurukshetra for his purification and relieved him of all sufferings. That's a detail I didn't remember. Hmm. Maharaj Prithu, the incarnation of God, descended by the prayer of the brahmanas to rectify the disorders of the earth. He produced all kinds of crops, but at, the, but at the same time he performed the duty of a son who delivers his father from hellish conditions. The word putra means one who delivers from hell, called put. That is a worthy son. Text 10. The Lord appeared as the son of Sudevi, the wife of King Nabi, and was known as Rishabhadev. He performed materialistic yoga to equibalance the mind. This stage is also accepted as the highest perfectional situation of liberation, wherein one is situated in oneself and is completely satisfied. Purport Out of many types of mystic performances for self-realization, the process of Jada Yoga is also one accepted by authorities. This Jada Yoga involves practicing becoming like a dumb stone and not being affected by material reactions. Just as a stone is indifferent to all kinds of attacks and re-attacks of external situations, similarly, one practices Jada Yoga by tolerating voluntarily infliction of pain upon the material body. Such yogis, out of many self-infliction methods, practice plucking out the hairs on their heads without shaving and without any instrumental help. But the real purpose of such Jada Yoga practice is to get free from all material affection <clears throat> and to be completely situated in the Self. At the last stage of his life, Emperor Mishabhadev wandered like a dumb madman, unaffected by all kinds of bodily mistreatment. Seeing him like a madman, wandering naked with long hair and a long beard, less intelligent children and men in the street used to spit on him and urinate on his body. He used to lie in his own stool and never move, but his stool was aromatic like fragrant flowers and a saintly person would recognize him as a Paramahamsa, one in the highest state of human perfection. 
One who is not able to make his stool fragrant should not, however, <laughs> imitate Emperor Mishabadev. The practice of Jada Yoga was possible for Rishabhadev and others on the same level of perfection, but such an uncommon practice is impossible for an ordinary man. The real purpose of Jada Yoga, as mentioned here in this verse, is prashanta karana, or subduing the senses. The whole process of yoga under, whether, under whatever heading it may be, is to control the unbridled material senses and thus prepare oneself for self-realization. In this age specifically, this Jada Yoga cannot be of any practical value. But on the other hand, the practice of Bhakti Yoga is feasible because it is just suitable for this age. The simple method of hearing from the right source, Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, will lead one to the highest perfectional stage of yoga. Rishabhadev was the king of was the son of King Nabi and the grandson of King Agni, uh, Agnidra, and he was the father of King Bharat, after whose name this planet Earth was called Bharat Varsha. Vishabhadev's mother was also known as Merudevi, although her name is mentioned here as Sudevi. It is sometimes proposed that Sudevi was another wife of King Nabi, but since, but since King Rishabhadeva is mentioned elsewhere as the son of Merudevi, it is clear that Merudevi and Sudevi are the same person under different names. Text 11 The Lord appeared as the Hayagriva incarnation in a sacrifice performed by me, Brahma. He is the personified sacrifices, and the hue of his body is golden. He is the personified Vedas as well, and the supersoul of all demigods. When he breathed, all the sweet sounds of the Vedic hymns came out from his nostrils. Whoa. Report. The Vedic hymns are generally meant for sacrifices performed by fruitive workers who want to satisfy the demigods to achieve their fruitive result. But the Lord is the personified sacrifices and personified Vedic hymns. Therefore, one who is directly a devotee of the Lord is a person who has automatically both served the purposes of sacrifices and pleased the demigods. The devotees of the Lord may not perform any sacrifice or may not please the demigods as per Vedic injunctions and still the devotees are on a higher level than the fruitive workers or the worshippers of different demigods. Text 12 At the end of the millennium, Satyavrata, the future Vaibhaswatamanu, 
would see that the Lord in the fish incarnation is the shelter of all kinds of living entities up to those in the earthly planets. Because of me, because of my, Brahma's fear of the vast water at the end of the millennium, the Vedas came out from my mouth and the Lord enjoys those vast waters and protects the Vedas. Purport During one day of Brahma, there are 14 Manus and at the end of each Manu, there is devastation up to the earthly planets and the vast water is fearful even to Brahma. So in the previous life of Vaivaswatamanu, such devastation would be seen by him. There would be many other incidents also, such as the killing of the famous Shankasura. This foretelling is by the past experience of Brahmaji, who knew that in that fearful, devastating scene, the Vedas would come out from his mouth, but that the Lord, in his fish incarnation, would save not only the Vedas, but also all living entities, namely the demigods, animals, men, and great sages. Text 13 The primeval Lord then assumed the tortoise incarnation in order to serve as a resting place, pivot, for the Mandara mountain, which was acting as a churning rod. The demigods and demons were churning the ocean of milk with the Mandara mountain in order to extract nectar. The mountain moved back and forth, scratching the back of Lord Tortoise, who, while partially sleeping, was experiencing an itching sensation. <laughs> How wonderful. Purport. Although it is not in our experience, there is a milk ocean within this universe. Even the modern scientist accepts that there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of planets hovering over our heads, and each of them has different kinds of climatic conditions. Srimad Bhagavatam gives much information which may not tally with our present experience, but as far as Indian sages are concerned, Knowledge is received from the Vedic literatures and the authorities accept without any hesitation that we should look through the pages of, an, of authentic books of knowledge, Shastra, Chakshurvat. So we cannot deny the existence of the ocean of milk as stated in the Srimad Bhagavatam unless and until we have experimentally seen all the planets hovering in space. Since such an experiment is not possible, naturally we have to accept the statement of Srimad Bhagavatam as it is, because it is so accepted by the spiritual leaders, by spiritual leaders like Sridhar Swami, Jiva Goswami, Vishwanath, Chakravarti and others. The Vedic process is to follow in the footsteps of such great authorities. And that is the only process for knowing that which is beyond our imagination. 
the primeval Lord, being all-powerful, can do whatever He likes. And therefore, His assuming the incarnation of a tortoise or a fish for serving a particular purpose is not at all astonishing. Therefore, we should not have any hesitation whatsoever in accepting the statements of the authentic scriptures like Srimad Bhagavatam. The gigantic work of turning the milk ocean by the combined effort of the demigods and the demons required a gigantic resting ground or pivot for the gigantic Mandara hill. Thus, to help the attempt of the demigods, the primeval Lord assumed the incarnation of a gigantic tortoise swimming in the ocean of milk. At the time being, at the same time, the mountain scratched his backbone as he was partially sleeping and thus relieved his itching sensation. Text 14. I think we'll stop here. It's almost 8 o'clock. It's amazing how fast the time goes when we read. Huh? So we'll stop here um, and we'll start tomorrow at text 14 and hope to hear the reflections of the assembled sages for our edification and transcendental pleasure. Hare Krishna. First is from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna Gopakanya Devi Dasi. <coughs> Jai Maharaj Hare Krishna. All glories to Srila Prabhupada in your daily reading service of Srila Prabhupada's books. Hare Krishna to all lucky members who are hearing the matchless gifts of knowledge. Hare Krishna. Well, they're not my gifts, they're Srila Prabhupada's gifts. You know me, I'm just a peon delivering the mail. Thank you. But I try to control myself and not make comments during the reading so that Srila Prabhupada can speak for himself to all of us. I'll take that much credit. Hare Krishna. From Bhakti Christopher. Hare Krishna, Bhakti Christopher. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai, all glories to Prabhupada. From Rati Manjar. Hare Bo, Rati. She says, Jai Guru Maharaj, onwards and upwards by daily progress. Hare Krishna. And there's something here from Braj Balava. From Braj Balava. It's just down the street. <laughs> Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Does this mean that Lord Brahma has seen all the incarnations when they appear in this universe? Yes. Lord Brahma knows everything that happens in the universe, past, present, and future. He's, he's described by Srila Prabhupada as almost 
on the platform of Krishna. But he's not Krishna, obviously, because he became bewildered by Krishna's mystic power. As we read about in the 13th chapter of the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, Brahma Mohan Lila, the bewilderment of Lord Brahma. But Brahma is, you know, different than all the other demigods. He's in another another plane of existence. They all have to come to him when they have problems they can't solve. And then he gets the opportunity to approach Lord Vishnu in the ocean of milk, in the, on the shore of the ocean of milk, and receive the instructions on, on, on to the demigods on behalf of the Lord. So he knows everything, Hare Krishna. And from Bhakta Rupa? Yes, Bhakta Rupa. He says, thanks for reading, Maharaj. Really appreciated the topic of tonight's reading. As myself and Bhakta Alice were discussing the subject just moments before you went live. Oh. Prabhupada is so clear in his breakdown of the topic of lust. We've previously heard Prabhupada describe sex desire as an annoying itch. Mm. I'm sure many practicing brahmacharis would appreciate if you could speak on how best to tolerate this itch and how to avoid these soldiers of Cupid sent by the envious demigods. Thanks. Well, I don't think we have to worry so much about the soldiers being sent by the envious demigods in our in our place and time. <clears throat> we have to be more more advanced than we are to uh, deserve that uh, special special benediction. <laughs> but you want me to speak about how to avoid well I mean the simple plain truth is that one must learn to tolerate that itch and the first thing first rule is that you don't scratch it you scratch the itch the itch increases and eventually for instance, if you have a mosquito bite or, or some bug bite and you start to scratch it, if you keep scratching it, it can break the skin, it can get infected, and you can lose an arm or a leg or a hand or finger. But if you don't scratch it, eventually it goes away. So that is the analysis. It is a knowledge, and we heard a good section of the knowledge just now in, this, in, in our reading tonight we have to understand what the purpose of the creation is and what the natural laws are that govern these things and we have to be trained it was very clear in the purport that the brahmacharya needs to be trained if you try to associate with woman without being trained you know then you will certainly become uh, influenced and affected and a victim of the material energy. So we need to, I mean, I'm a, I'm a don't mind, I'm a uh, advocate and a strong advocate that 
that all the male devotees that join the movement should be um, brahmacharis, and all the females that join the movement that are not married, they should be brahmacharinis. You know, the ashram doesn't exist really in the Vedic culture, but Prabhupada adjusted things. We can't imitate. He made it very clear that we, he's, we're not going to make any more adjustments than he made. He brought the number of rounds that we need to, to, to chant in order to, to become fully purified from 64 to 16, for instance. You know, he allowed women to stay in the same ashram with, under separate you know, facilities, of course, in, in the temples, in our movement, to facilitate the spreading of Krishna consciousness, you know, and to adapt to the cultural uh, the differences from one, one country to the next. But if we follow Krishna's advice, Mami Parta Biprasrit you, Yepisyu Papa Joya, Striyo Vaisha Tata Shudras, Tepiyanti Padam Katim, then even if we're a Shudra or, or woman or Vaisha and we, and we follow the principles of devotional life, devotional service, then we can attain the supreme destination. So, Krishna says in the Gita, Yajyatva na punar moham evam yasyasi pandava yena bhutanya sheshani drakshasyat manyatomayi When we've actually received this knowledge from the spiritual master, we will see that every living being is but a part of the supreme personality, the supreme uh, living being, or, in other words, Krishna says that they are mine. So we have to be trained to see the opposite sex as belonging to Krishna. If we actually see the opposite sex as belonging to Krishna, then we won't feel like exploiting for our sense gratification. This, this comes by practice, by association, association with the Gita and the Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita, and other transcendental literatures given to us by Srila Prabhupada, and constant engagement in devotional service. The more we stay active in devotional service, the more we become protected, the more we try to chant our rounds without offense, we become protected, and the more we render devotional service to the deities and the Vaishnavas and spread the movement to others according to our capacity and situation, then we'll be, we'll be, we'll be protected. Everyone experiences the natural law of nature. If there's a room full of uh, men and one woman enters, the atmosphere changes automatically. Lord Chaitanya said, if I see a piece of wood uh, shaped in the, in the attractive form of a young woman, he felt uh, a change in his body. If Lord Chaitanya said that, what to speak of us? 
everywhere you go you see big pictures and advertisements advertising anything and everything with a you know half naked woman or or lusty looking woman so we have to know the rules of the game we have to know the rules of the game if we if we don't want to uh, go through that very difficult situation, especially in this age, where no one's following principles. It, 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 the entanglement is so all pervasive and so intense. Very difficult, but it can be overcome by practice, by tolerance, by sincerely engaging in devotional activities and becoming absorbed, becoming uh, engaged constantly in devotional service. There's no shortcut, there's no pill you can take. Hare Krishna. This is from Aravind and Minal from the Arma Lounge. Aravind and Minal, oh, so nice to hear from you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept our humble obeisances. Thank you so much for your daily nectar. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I remember you very fondly and uh, hope to see you soon. Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Yes, Anandamurti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's reading of Srimad Bhagavatam. Today I found that many wonderful pastimes are happening on this earth planet by the Supreme Lord and His devotees. Yes, so they are. And we can be there by hearing them from the Srimad Bhagavatam. From Daitari Hari. Daitari Hari Prabhu Ki Jai. Hari Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thanks again for tonight's reading. Just wondering, in the point we heard in the purport to text 8, where we heard that to please his pure devotees, Vishnu gave Dhruva his desired benediction. I understand that Dhruva was an extremely exalted devotee, but how is it that a pure devotee would request a material benediction? Please forgive me if this is an offensive question, as Dhruva is far more exalted than I have. Well, he was exalted, but he wasn't the pure devotee until after he reached perfection. So he was insulted by his stepmother, and because he's Chatriya, he was a very exalted Chatriya. A Chatriya is in the mode of passion, you know, and when they're challenged, they respond very strongly. That's their nature, you know. Just like Krishna in, in instructed Arjuna, you, you're, you're wanting to go away from the battle because it's, it's going to be problematic, you think, you know. But, but by your nature, you're going to engage in this activity anyway. 
so you might as well do what I want you to do. <laughs> so, but when Dhruva Maharaj saw the Lord, he uh, gave up all his material desires. But the Lord is so kind that even though Dhruva gave up that desire, and what was the desire? To have a kingdom greater than his father and grandfather, which means his father was Swayambhuvamanu, or Uttanapad, and his grandfather was Swayambhuvamanu. So, and I think he asked also for a bigger, or, or a, a better kingdom than Brahma. Anyway, in, in any case, uh, the Lord, knowing, knowing that that desire was there before, he fulfilled it anyway, even though Dhruva didn't want it anymore. That's the answer to the question, Hare Krishna. From yes, Subharao, Rajagopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for the glorious daily reading service. The statement by Sri the Prabhupada in 2.7.10 is potent. Quote, the simple method of hearing from the right sources, Srimad Bhagavatam, will lead one to the highest professional stage of yoga. We are able to hear thanks to your daily reading. Daily yeah. readings, Kidrai. Hari Bol. Thank you so much. I noted that also. I, I made a point of that when I was going to mention it later. Thank you for bringing it up, Prati Krishna. And more from Daitari Hari. Daitari Hari Das, Hari Krishna. We also heard about Jada Yoga, or the voluntary acceptance of pain to learn detachment. Are the Naga Babas who perform severe austerities today, some of which involve pretty gruesome mutilations, actually practicing Jada Yoga, or are these practices demoniac? Well, it says in the Gita that if we, if we torture our body without the purpose, without a proper purpose, or in any, any case, it's not that austerity means pain. Tapasya doesn't mean pain. Tapasya means heat. You know, there's a rule in the Shastras that if you are doing uh, Govardhan Prikrama, because we do with bare feet Govardhan Prikrama, at least we're supposed, supposed to. If you become in pain, then you're supposed to stop your Prikrama. Go back to where you're staying, take care of it, and then go back to where you left off, and then continue Prikrama. So, it's not that austerity means pain. Krishna doesn't want us to be in pain. But he likes us to take difficult difficulty. It means heat. It means the heat of doing something that is you wouldn't normally do. You know? That you voluntarily create, take some inconvenience. But it doesn't necessarily mean pain. There's nothing in the revealed scripture that describes that you should give pain. So no... If the Nagababas you're talking about are mutilating themselves, then they are not following Jada Yoga. Although the word Jada means mundane. So Jada Yoga means material. It's a materialistic yoga. So they may take some undue uh, austerity, but they won't get love of God by doing that. 
because you can't satisfy Krishna by torturing your body. And, as, and Krishna says in the, Gita, in the Gita, torturing the body, yourself, and the super soul inside the body, having to watch all this nonsense. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Goranga Gopal. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. I really appreciated this part of text 8's purport. Quote, a serious personality can thus achieve the highest perfection of meeting the Lord and attain his objective simply by being guided by a pure devotee who automatically approaches by dint of one's serious determination to meet the Lord by all means, unquote. We hear that in one moment we can attain perfection. Maharaj Katwanga did it in a moment and Dhruva in only six months. And we also hear that Prabhupada promised us that by following his instructions for his books, in only one lifetime we can also achieve perfection. Well, thank you very much. That's a very nice reflection. But it's not a it's not a mechanical rule. It's not a mechanical law. If a person has done a lot of devotional service in previous lives, he may take it very easily and get perfection very easily. But that's not the general rule. The general rule is it takes time and practice and the perfection of sadhana bhakti. Hare Krishna. And from Rati Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. The position of Lord Brahma is truly exalted, and he is the head of our Sampradaya. I wonder sometimes why we do not worship Lord Brahma more profoundly or separately. Would you please elaborate? He was cursed. He was cursed by Saraswati. Because one time he was going to perform a sacrifice and his wife didn't, wasn't there for some reason. I don't, I don't remember the reason. But he asked someone else to come and, uh, and sit on her behalf. And she became angry and cursed him that he wouldn't be worshipped very much. But there are a couple of places uh, in, I think in Pandapur, and maybe one other place. There's a, there are also deities of Brahma in uh, in Thailand. You know, in their wedding invitations and things like that. They they have a, a form of Lord Brahma, and you see him in public places, also. But in terms of worship, in terms of you know standard worship. You know, he's not worshipped very much due to this curse. Hare Krishna. Therefore, it doesn't pay to displease anyone. Hare Krishna. Yes, Daitya Hare Hare. He said, sorry if my questions are a bit off the mark tonight. Those are the main things that caught my attention tonight, unfortunately. Hopefully I'll be in better consciousness for the next reading. That's okay. This is this is 
questions that answer people's doubts or ask, answer people's questions that, that don't ask very many questions. Hare Krishna. It's fine. From Goranga Gopal. Yes, Goranga Gopal. Also, a quick question. I wasn't sure when I heard in the text, but if Dhruva Maharaj's planet is eternal, therefore obviously it it obviously existed before it was given to Dhruva Maharaj, right? Yes. But did it manifest in the material world just for Dhruva, or was it already there all along? It was already there. It was given to him. from Jagamohan. Yes, Jagamohan. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. Thank you for your reading and for your post-reading dialogue. The desire for lust is so strong and in this age it's being exploited with precision. Thank you for sharing your understanding on the on best ways to counteract this obstacle. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and the assembled devotees. All glories to Srila Prabhupada's purports. He tells it like it is. And from Rasika Shiramani. Rasika Shiramani, Hare Krishna. He says, Hare Krishna. Oh, Hare Krishna to you too. <laughs> and from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. She says, wow, so serious. Thank you. Thank you and thanks everyone for these wonderful questions and wonderful reflections today. They were particularly uh, adequate for the subject matter that was discussed. It was heavy and it should be heavy because the material world is heavy. And to get out of this material world, you have to become heavy. Mm -hmm. Heavy with knowledge. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Samavira Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic, as Lord Brahma continues to glorify the Lord by, by describing the various incarnations. It's a sample of them. They are unlimited. You can't describe them all. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow.